Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, open them with me, please. So the Matthew's Gospel, I'm going to try to get through as much of this as I can, but I'll need the Holy Ghost to help me. I want you to open your Bible to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 12. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 12, we'll share together the reading of God's holy word. And then we'll move into the Old Testament for another reading. And then we'll move back into the New Testament for another reading and hopefully our text. Hey, everybody just loosen up. Lighten up and light up. Hallelujah. Don't get so sad and religious now. We're opening up the book. Yeah, the book of life, the book of reality, the book of blessing, God's holy word. Get ready to receive it. Father God, we thank you today for the awesome privilege to stand once again in this holy place. We do not count it a light thing that you should send your Holy Spirit. Send him today, we pray, God. Let him move up and down these aisles. Let him move in and out of every heart. Let him quicken this word. Father, we ask humbly for the anointing to deliver it. May words be formed in heaven and uttered over lips of clay. Hide us this morning behind Calvary's bleeding lamb. And from the vantage point of Calvary, may we rightfully see the world. May we rightfully see ourselves. And may we rightfully see you. For as we look at ourselves this morning, we see ourselves in the place of captivity, hopeless and helpless without God. But thank God when we look through the cross of Calvary's bleeding lamb, we don't see ourselves any longer in the place of captivity, but rather through the provision of Calvary. And we thank you today for changing hearts and lives Quicken this message to my spirit. Help me to deliver it under the anointing that will destroy every yoke. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers that ever graced a pulpit, in my estimation, probably the greatest preacher that ever preached since the Apostle Paul until today. A man singularly gifted of the Holy Ghost. When asked about the Holy Ghost, said this first of all, without the Holy Spirit of God, we can do nothing. I want those words to be etched in your spirit this morning. I want them to be taken in the flaming pen of the Holy Ghost and I want them to be engraved on the fleshly tablets of your heart and written on the hidden recesses of your mind. Without the Holy Spirit of God, we can do nothing. Said Haddon Spurgeon, we are as ships 
without the wind, chariots without steeds, as branches without sap, we are withered. We can do nothing without the Holy Spirit of God. Why this morning, if you're in this place and born again, you can't breathe a breath in unless he breathes a breath out. You are alive this morning and you are alive unto God. It is in him that you live. It is in him that you move. It is in him that you have your being. When you were born again, you had to die. You'd already been born once, you had to die. And when you died, you could not be resurrected other than by a supernatural spiritual force known as the Holy Ghost of God that invaded your life and raised you from the dead when it was your sovereign will to die to yourself. But it was your choice to die. It was his choice to resurrect you. And if you're in this place this morning, you are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, yet not you, but Christ liveth in you. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he that is alive within you. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in your mortal body, it shall quicken your mortal body and make you alive unto God. And if you're alive this morning, and you claim you're born again, you're alive in the spirit. What a thought, what a victory, that the God of the eternal ages has not only condescended to men of low estate in the form of his son, the second person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, but in the second person of the Trinity, God sent his son, caused him to walk with humanity. He saw humanity. He suffered with humanity. He pleaded with humanity. He preached to humanity. He prayed to the Father for humanity, but he walked in a tangible form with men, and he said, oh, I would have been with you, but I couldn't be there. I had to be here. Not only did God send his son in that manner, but after his son had paid the price of the penalty of man's own transgression and separation from God, when God created the world and stuck a cross in the middle of it and hung his son upon it to die, when Jesus hung on that cross and exclaimed, it is finished, hung his head and gave up the ghost, it was three days later at an empty grave that God the Father shouted amen as he kicked the end out of the grave and resurrected his son. And it is through that resurrection that you and I have the power of life, power over sin, victory over every temptation, victory over Satan's curse, victory over sin's curse, victory over the demon forces of hell. Because he lives, we live also, and we do not live unto ourselves. We are alive unto God.
Is anybody still with me? Hallelujah. I want you to get it. I'm going to preach it until you do get it. I'm going to preach it until you realize it's not just you living in that body. You're possessed this morning. You're possessed. The Bible declares in 1 John, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Are you listening to me? The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead now dwells in your mortal body. You are not alone. You can be on the island of Patmos, 20 miles off the coast of Ephesus. Nobody there but the wild beast. But you don't have to be alone. You can be like John on that island. He said, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me the voice of many walk. Come on now. We can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. You can't breathe without him. You can't talk without him. You can't walk without him. You can't move without him. You cannot taste of the goodness of life without him. You have not the strength to reach into the spirit realm. Break yourself off a piece of living bread, the bread of life. Taste of the Lord and see that he is good without the Holy Ghost. A sinner can't get saved without the Holy Ghost. The demon possessed cannot be freed without the power of the Holy Ghost. You cannot have joy in the middle of your tragedy without the Holy Ghost. You can't have joy in the morning without the Holy Ghost. You can't have peace in your mind without the Holy Ghost. You can't sing a song or play a note or shout a shout or pray a prayer without the Holy Ghost. Ships without the wind. Are you listening? Chariots without steam. Like branches without sap, we are withered. Like coals off an altar, without the fire, we are useless. Oh God, we don't need another religion. We don't need another creed of creation. We don't need any more of the cadencing doctrines of men. Are you listening to me this morning? We don't need another denomination. We don't need another church service. I'll tell you what we need. We need to get infused and inundated, deluged and baptized, covered over with the blessed power of the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity. God didn't just send Jesus, his son. He sent the Holy Ghost. We need him. In your Bible, Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 12. Begin reading with verse number 31. Therefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. I want to stop right there and shout. Come on now. I want to stop right there and run the aisles. All manner of sin. You mean to tell me that the heinous crimes of a Hitler or Hussein could be forgiven by a loving and caring God, by a just God full of judgment and vengeance. Vengeance is his, saith the Lord. You mean God could have forgiven Hitler after the slaughter of six million Jews if he would have bowed on his knees, bowed his head, lifted up his voice and cried out for the mercy of a merciful God. I'm here to tell you today there is mercy upon mercy. There is grace upon grace. There is favor upon favor. There is forgiveness upon forgiveness. 
forgiveness. God's grace has never been exhausted. God's forgiveness has never even been diluted of its original strength when one precious drop of the prince of God's blood spilled off Calvary's hill that day. I want you to know the sins of all humanity forever past and forever future have been swallowed in the flood tide of the forgiving blood of the crucified lamb and prince of God. You're not some big VIP sinner that God can't forgive. But you don't know what I've done, Pastor. I know this. It don't make a hoot holler difference. It doesn't make one ounce of difference. There are people in this room that have been deceived by the devil, gone to abortion doctors and had the life of their child snuffed out and thrown in the afternoon trash. You mean they can get forgiveness? I don't mean to tell you anything but that they can get forgiveness. What about the cold, indifferent sinner? Forgiveness! Mercy upon mercy, grace upon grace, favor upon favor, issuing and cascading over the over the sapphire sill of heaven's gate being poured out of the heart of a loving God broken on Calvary's mountain his blood began to pour and the blood sprinkled on the mercy seat changed it from the judgment seat to the mercy seat and that blood cries out this morning free at last, free at last thank God almighty we are free at last, we are free from sin's bondage, we are free from the shackles and the dominance of the demonic underworld, we are free this morning to lift our happy hands and hearts and heads and praise and shout unto the living God for he hath redeemed us out of every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue by the ransoming, singing, cadencing song of the blood of his crucified son. Every manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven Listen closely. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Four of the most blood-curdling words in the entirety of the Holy Writ of God shall never be forgiven. Read on. Not in this world, nor in the world to come. Strong words. Penetrating words. soul-stirring words shall never be forgiven. Oh, my friend, you may not understand the Holy Ghost, but don't speak a word against Him. You may not understand the operation of the Holy Ghost, but don't speak a word against Him. If there is any chance that you could be wrong, don't allow mortal tongue.
to touch the Holy Ghost of God, for it shall never be forgiven. Not in this world or the world to come. What is blasphemy? To speak a word willfully or hurtfully against the Holy Ghost or to attribute the works of God to the works of Satan. Blasphemy. I find in a careful, combing study of God's word, no more penetrating or forceful words uttered over the lips of a loving God than those four words shall never be forgiven. I want to tell you this morning and I want to say it at the onset of what else the Holy Ghost would have me say today. The Holy Spirit of God is important to God. We have had the idea we can take him or leave him. We can decide what he wants us, wants what we want him to be. We can package him up just nicely in our own theology and philosophy. But my friend, you just remember the words of Jesus shall never be forgiven. Remember, if you will, the words of the sweet psalmist of Israel as David sat with his head in his hands clutching his hair in his fists and said, Lord, deliver me from the great transgression that I would consider my God to be one thing when he in reality is another. And so I beg you, let me plead with you, sir. Let me plead with you, ma'am. Teenager, comedian, entertainer, let me plead with you. Let me beg you. Don't say a word about the Holy Ghost. If you don't understand it, talk about something else. Make a joke about golf or make a joke about baseball. Make a joke about the politics or whatever you will. But under God, let me plead with you. Don't make another joke about the Holy Ghost. The eternal damnation of your soul is at stake. had to get it out. I want you to understand how important this is to God. And if it's that important to God, it ought to be that important with us. Quickly, Joel chapter 2. And verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'm going to stop right there and shout. Everybody say all flesh. flesh. Say all flesh. flesh. That means mayor flesh. And beggar flesh. That means white collar flesh. And blue collar flesh. 
That means white flesh and black flesh and brown flesh and yellow flesh and curly-headed flesh and tall flesh and short flesh. It means all kinds of flesh. All flesh, thank God. It means Baptist flesh and Presbyterian flesh and Methodist flesh and Pentecostal flesh and Church of God flesh and Assembly of God flesh and Presbyterian flesh and Catholic flesh. It means all flesh in the last day. God, who's going to stop him? Who's going to stand in the face of the Almighty and say, no, the Baptists don't get it. No, the Methodists don't get it. No, the black race doesn't get it. No, the Hispanics don't get it. No, the Caucasians don't get it. God has already uttered his word. Brother, he's pouring this thing out on all flesh. Hallelujah. think they ought to know my God I need seven hours he didn't say it might he said it shall come to pass afterward and then in the affirmative he bravely and boldly declares I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh Woo! I want to shout <laughs> Hey, I want the world to know your only qualification. Get in an earth suit. Get in an old rugged altar somewhere. Kneel at the foot of Calvary's bleeding lamb and you're ready. You're a candidate. You're available for the outpouring of the very spirit of the living God. Hey, I'm going as hard as I can go. Sometimes I wish God would give me my glorified body to preach in. Think of it. Some say, what would the Holy Spirit do for me? Let me tell you in vernacular that you're sure to understand. It'll do for you what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. It'll change you, honey. It'll change you into superhuman. It'll change you into God-men. It'll change you into God-women. It'll cause you to be able to walk through the darkest midnight with the joy of the Lord and a song in your heart. It'll cause you to be able to spit in the face of adversity. It'll get that cancer out of your body. It'll give you a victory over alcoholism. It'll give you a victory over addiction. I want you to know the Holy Ghost is being poured out. Get under it. Get under it. Get under the spout. The glory is being poured out. I can tell already we got some umpires here this morning. What's an umpire? Oh, that's somebody that sits behind the plate and calls strikes, but they can't hit the ball. Come on now. Some of you are floating over into being dead and doubly plucked up by the roots. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. 
I'm talking about the one that'll make you feel like somebody when you know you ain't nobody. The one that'll give you supernatural vision. The one that'll put the healing power of God in your hands. The one that'll put the shout of victory in your heart. A song in your step. A bell ringing in your soul. Hallelujah. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Yay! It don't mean Shandai, Rondai, Tamai, Bowtie, thus saith the Lord, turn not to the left nor to the right. That word prophesy doesn't mean stand up in public assembly. It's the Hebrew word naba. It means play the fool, to rave as a madman, to lose control. I want you to know it's time we lost control. It's time we let go of our pride. It's time we begin to shout it from the highest housetops. I'm a Holy Ghost-filled believer. I talk in tongues more than you all. I prophesy. I speak with other tongues. I've been hooked up with the very spirit that raised up Christ from the dead. And I've been changed by his mighty power. Some preaching right shout. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. John chapter 14. Let everything be confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. If I give you anything that's in the Bible, don't not in the Bible, don't listen. But if it's in the book, you're obligated to it. John chapter number 14. Verse number 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Yes, brother Rod. Amen. You should keep the commandments. something happens when you go to keeping the commandments now I'm sorry now don't take exception with me take exception with the Bible but don't take exception with me because the book says if you love me keep my commandments and if you do I'll do something for you I'll pray for you <laughs> there ain't no help for you when Jesus goes to praying You understand the picture? Watch out now. A lot of Methodist folks keep the commandments. Baptist folks keep the commandments. Even some Pentecostals keep the commandments. Our Baptist brethren preached you couldn't backslide. And we Pentecostals proved you could. It's just a joke. We got evidence. Just look at us. (laughs) 
How many of you think I'm going to get through this? Oh, God bless ye of great faith. What's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? If you love him, how many of you love him? Amen. How many of you believe to keep the commandments? A few, a few less. How many of you love him? And, and, and how many of you desire to keep the commandments? If you love me, if you keep my commandments, I'm going to pray for you. What you going to pray, Jesus? I'm going to pray that the Father will give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Watch out now. Next line brings you revelation. Whom the world cannot receive. Well, I got what Jesus is talking about right there when I got saved. Not according to Jesus, you didn't. Well, there you go. Your tongue started already. Brother Rod. Doesn't the Bible say that without his spirit, we are none of his? Yes. We're not talking about you having his spirit. We're talking about his spirit having you. There's a difference. Watch what it says there. The world cannot receive. Before you're born again, who are you? You are the world. The only thing that changes you from being the world is being born again. And once you're born again, you have stepped into the arena of the possibility and the plausibility and the probability that God Almighty is going to pour his spirit out on you and give you an Acts chapter 2 experience where he baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. Well, that's good, isn't it? I'm thinking about doing this full time. Think about quitting my day job. Try it a little longer. And don't take exception with me. Don't get mad at me. You have to take exception with the book. The world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth what? With you and shall be what? In you. Now, if you don't know the difference between with and in, you need to go to grammar school. There's a difference in with and in. Huh? He that is with you whoo, shall be in you. Ain't that something? I mean, I go to thinking about it, I can't hardly stand it. It means that Jesus that walked by the sandy shore of the blue Galilee... 
and strolled up and down the Judean hillsides and was there and the disciples saw him wipe the blindness out of Bartimaeus' eyes and stop the woman's issue of blood and walk on the water and command the waves, peace be still, and they obeyed his voice. Watch the demoniac of Gadara become like a little whip puppy at the feet of him who was sent from the throne of God. When I think about he was with the disciples, but brother, he's not with me, he's in me. And the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead now dwells in my mortal body. He's in there right now. My God in heaven, if the church ever gets a hold of this, we're going to drive cancer out of town. We're going to drive bondage out of town. The very God of the eternal ages lives on the inside of me. Who is this comforter? I'm glad you asked. Verse number 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. The comforter. Paracletos. The one called alongside to help. One exactly alike. Study it out. Study it out. One exactly alike in every essential detail and quality. Exactly like Jesus. He talks like Jesus. He thinks like Jesus. He moves like Jesus. He interrupts funerals like Jesus. He heals the sick like Jesus. He casts out devils like Jesus. I can't help it if you take exception with me. I didn't come on business for you. I came on business for the king. I came to do the works of him that sent me. The book of Acts, please, chapter 1. Oh, this is good preaching. But, now, now wait a minute, now wait a minute, now, wait, now look up here at me. If it's true maybe it's just like Reader's Digest maybe part of it's true maybe it's open for interpretation if it's true and we know that it is no man would have ever written a standard that high we know that One thing for sure, she ain't balking, is she? What's the matter with her? She's been touched by fire. Get last week's message, you'll understand. Acts chapter number one, verse number eight. But ye shall receive power. Weakness. Weakness. Meekness. 
timidity, inability, power, power, power. That's not a man talking about power. That's God talking about power. That's a God that said light be. That's a God that said light be 6,000 years ago and light still going at 186,000 miles per second because he ain't never said light stop. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We're not talking about South Central power. We're not talking about something generated from some river somewhere running through some generator and putting out a little bit of electricity that'll make your hair stand on end. Honey, I've been down there to COSI, Center, Center of Science and Industry. I put my hand on that round ball they got there and my hair stuck out on end. I said, what's going on? They said, power's going through you. I thought, my, my, my. I wonder what I must look like in the spirit when I get a hold with one hand of that lightning bolt of the power of God called the Holy Ghost. I wonder what happens to the demonic forces of darkness when God flips the light switch of Holy Ghost power and releases kilowatts of Holy Ghost energy through my mortal being. My God, does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? of a weak church. I'm tired of a wimpy church. I'm looking for signs. I'm looking for wonders. I'm looking for demonstration. I'm looking for manifestation. I'm looking for the cloud of God to fill the tabernacle so the priests of God can't even stand to minister. Shout power! Some people say, why do they jump? Why do they run? Why do they shout? Why does he talk so loud? Why do they jump? Why do they shout? Why do they scream?
The ushers just told me the devil was out there on the payphone dialing 911. Power to subdue kingdoms. Power to work righteousness. Power to resist sin. Power to resist temptation. Power to overcome. Power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. For I give you power over all devils and to cure diseases. Power, power, Holy Ghost, fire and power from on high. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You got power? Preacher, you got power? Or you got three points in a poem? When you stand in that pulpit, do you feel the fire of God starting at the top of your head and shooting out the soles of your feet? Does something burn on the inside of you, a flame ignited that cannot be extinguished by the darkened forces of hell? Are you a live believer? Are you a live Christian? Because in the words of Haddon Spurgeon, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. That's the reason you're not overcoming. That's the reason you're depressed. That's the reason you can't make it through a little struggle. That's the reason you want to tuck tail and quit. That's the reason you want to stay home instead of going to church. That's the reason you don't want to pray. That's the reason you don't want to read the word. That's the reason you don't want to witness. I'll tell you what you need. You need an old-fashioned baptism of Holy Ghost power. We don't need another revival crusade. We don't need, a, need another plan. We don't need another program. We don't need another cantata. We don't need another softball league. We don't need another tennis league. We don't need another bowling league. We don't need another spaghetti dinner. We don't need another deacon's meeting. We don't need another congregational vote. We need an old-fashioned outpouring of Holy Ghost Pentecostal power. If I'm preaching right, shout now. <laughs> Chapter number two. We're now coming to the text. I promised we'd get there. Everybody just say power. Don't resist it. Now it's inside you. Don't resist it. It's in there. Power. 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 It's in there. Power. Power. There's power in there. Power to raise those boys. Power! So you're walking across the soccer field the other day. And I just couldn't help but think. She's there with her boys. No husband. Lost her family that she lived with. Not just her and those boys. And I said that. I said, well, bless her heart. It's just her and those boys. And God convicted me. God said, where, what do you leave me out for? I'm in her. I got power. I know what those boys need. I know how to rebuke the devil off their life. And I'm living on the inside of her. Hey, me and God are. 
are the majority. You understand that? You and God, you and God, you and the Holy Ghost, you're the majority. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, to roll with one accord in one place. I know you'd love to tear it out of the Bible, but you can't help it. It's in there. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Oh, yeah, but this all died with the apostles, but they ain't all dead. Some of these little chivalrous of tradition we spout out. We have no other idea what we're even talking about. Oh, but Brother Rob, the Bible says, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. And whether there, yet also says, whether there be knowledge, it'll cease. So what are you running around trying to find it for? Huh? Preachers are in there. Teachers are in there. Read it. You can't just pick out one little thing and decide that's what's finished. You can't stop what God started anyway. They've tried to shut this Pentecostal thing up from the foundation of the church. When Constantine embraced Christianity, one of the saddest days, the darkest days of human infamy, this thing was burned, born like fire. We survive on the persecution. They don't understand. The more they throw at us, the more it fuels the flame. We just keep growing. We just keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And just the time they think they've got the fire snuffed out, God breathes again. You can't stop what God started. Read the Old Testament law in the book of Leviticus. This thing didn't come from men. God didn't tell men start that fire burning on the altar. God said, I sent fire from heaven. You just keep it burning. I'm telling you, we got to talk more about the Holy Ghost. We got to preach more about the Holy Ghost. God bless their hearts. There are people all over the face of this earth loving God, trying to keep the commandments. They don't realize Jesus is praying for them and he's praying that he's going to send the, that the Father would send the Comforter and that he's coming. But some religious num-num has stood up there behind a pulpit and moaned and groaned around like some six-foot icicle, doubly dead and plucked up by the roots as cold as yesterday's toast. Are you listening to me? It's time we told the truth. God still saves and God still baptizes in the blessed Holy Ghost. Well, do I have to have it? No! You get to have it! Anybody got a repairs of the breach book in here? Got one in here? Somebody run it to me if you got it. Yeah, yeah hallelujah. Run it to me. I just, I just had an answer for you. Charles Finney, he who neglects to obey the command to be filled with the Spirit is as guilty of breaking the command of God as he who steals or curses or commits adultery. His guilt is as great as the authority of God is great who commands us be filled with the Spirit. His guilt is equivalent to all the good he might do if he were 
filled with the Spirit. Repairs of the breach. Get it? Get it? Now, we are embarking upon a journey. I've been holding it and holding it and holding it. God says, let it go, let it go, let it go. Now's the time. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go. Let the fire burn. Turn up the heat. Let's go, let's go. Let's, God's, God's telling I'm going to preach to you. Don't, don't you miss a service. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach to you. What is available to every believer according to the word of God through the power of the mighty baptism in the Holy Ghost. He said we receive power to be witnesses. That's a part of it. But there's more power than that. And I'm going to preach on every one of them. Power in the Holy Ghost to overcome sin. That's where we're going to start with the one thing we all have in common and nobody wants to talk about. Sin. I said sin. You're going to find that through the mighty power of the Holy Ghost, you can look sin in the eyes, spit it in its face, and trample it under your foot. You don't have to bow down. The devil can't make you do anything. Luke 9, 1, behold, I give you power over all devils. Number two, power to cast out demons. Number three, power to call. For angelic protection. I got, turn this thing on. I got power. I got power. When I'm facing the midnight, I got power. When the doctor looks at me and says, you have to die and cannot live, I got power. Power when I'm weak and tired and I feel like I can't go on. When I feel like when living makes dying look easy. When I look into tomorrow and I don't want to go, I remember those words that the angels came and ministered unto him. And I realized that him now lives in me and I have power to call upon angelic intervention into the everyday affairs of my life. Glory to God. in there through that power and I speak angels hearken to attention is right power to heal the sick power to bind and loose anything and everything No weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. People look at me all the time. Lawsuits handed in this hand. Lawsuits handed in the other hand. All I'm trying to do is help people. Come on. Family turning on you. People cursing you. People coming by your house and throwing things. Are you listening to me? But then I realized, they say, how do you go on? Well, I don't. Yeah. 
When you can't go on, remember, you don't have to. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know he holds my hand. Ability, anointing, acceptance, authority, power. You've got it. But I can't go on. You don't have to. You think this woman could believe for 12 years for this man to come back home? You think she could do that? Look at her. She's puny. She's not as big as a bar of soap. Turn around here so people can see you. There. Stand sideways, you can't see her. You look right through her. Husband's gone for 12 years. You think she could have prayed for 12 years? You think she could keep joy for 12 years? No! But right down in there, living, living down in there, when she couldn't go on, he said, that's all right, I'll go for you. Yeah, 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 power. My God, somebody get on your feet and shout. Power, power. Come on, make some noise. Power to destroy the works of Satan. Power to get everything you pray for. Power to do all manner of miracles. Power to execute judgment. Power to get abundant provisions for life. Power to exercise authority over all the power of the devil. That's just eight. I got 20. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how lonely it is. I don't care if you feel like quitting. I don't care if you feel like giving up. If you feel like giving up, go ahead. What? If you feel like giving up, go ahead. Give up. I've heard people say, I, can, I just can't pray. I can't even pray. Good, you don't have to. For we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Inarticulate speech. What's that mean? The Holy Ghost will begin to pray. He'll walk when you can't walk. He'll talk when you can't talk. He'll preach when you can't preach. He'll go when you can't go. He'll live when you can't live. He'll shout when you can't shout. If you'll just learn to let go and release that Holy Ghost deluge of power that's on the inside of you. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day 
and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.